This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 for 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee sports time out. Being joined now to talk some more about the Green Bay Packers and New York Jets game from over the weekend by Jason B. Hershorn. Follow him on Twitter at by underscore JBH, of course, award-winning NFL and college football writer for SB Nation. Of course, co-founder of the Leap Packer Newsletter. Him and Peter Bukowski do a great job with that. Uh, I heard uh, Nick Costos, if you better, you bet, uh, with DA on CBS Sports Radio, make this proclamation that he bet the Jets because the Jets are a more talented team than the Green Bay Packers. It took me back. I posted the question on Twitter. Quite a few Packer fans agreed. What say you, Jason Hershorn? Yeah, I just don't see that as the case. Now, are the Jets a more talented team than a lot of people may have understood prior to the season? I think that's probably true, that defense especially has played very well up front. Quinton Williams, in particular, really coming into his own. You know, Sauce Gardner obviously had a good game and has had several good games in a row. And the offense is doing some effective things, especially against Green Bay in the run. But let's be very clear. The Green Bay Packers are, even in their current state, a more talented team. Now, this in and of itself is an indictment of other things, and we'll get into that, particularly with the way that talent is being deployed. But just on paper, the Packers are still a very talented team. Obviously, Rodgers is still the most talented player between both offenses, uh, without question. But then you start getting into looking at running backs uh, and wide receivers for the Packers uh, and the New York Jets at this point. I don't know if either one is anything to write home uh, about outside of Aaron Jones, but even having Aaron Jones doesn't really matter when you don't really utilize him that much like they haven't the last couple of weeks. I think the run game discussion, while understandable, is missing a lot of things. More so than any other point with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, this includes the 2015 season when they didn't have Jordy Nelson. They had an injured Randall Cobb and an injured young Devontae Adams. Rodgers is seeing more single high safety than he has at any point during his career as a starter. Necessarily, that means that when the defense are stacking the box, you're going to have to change some of those run calls. Now, there are people out there, including several who are also covering the Packers, who think that that means you should run into that anyway. And there are situations where that's probably fair, but most of the time that's going to lead to bad results. And if the Packers are just running into stacked boxes, getting short gains short of the line to gain, we're having a different conversation, but one that still involves the Packers underperforming. So the Packers have to take advantage of what the defense is showing them. And with, you, with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, that should involve going down the field, right? Like taking advantage of those holes in the coverage created by those heavy boxes. 
And the Packers just haven't done that. And there's a lot of reasons for that. On the leap, we've talked about the issues with Roy Stimmon and the right side of that offensive line. That's a component. Rodgers himself, obviously, is a component. He's not been as accurate or making as many good decisions in the middle of the field as he has in the last few seasons. Part of this, too, is just he's not using his receivers as effectively as he probably should. No, no one's saying that this is a group of all pros. No one's confusing any player on the Green Bay Packers for Devontae Adams. But Romeo Dobbs, in particular, is getting open. You know, we wrote this for the leap this past week. This doesn't include the stats from this game against the Jets. He was getting open, according to NFL Next Gen stats. This is three-plus yards removed from the nearest defender on 48.9% of his of his routes you know that's a really really big number that's a bigger number than Adams had last year and not all that is just the coverage difference because while Adams certainly was getting coverage rolled to him since about week three Dobbs has had that treatment too so there are opportunities for the Packers and they just not, have not been taking advantage of them and again I think that speaks to some of the issues with Rogers some of the issues with the protection and obviously some of the issues with the coaching I think that's really going to be the narrative the rest of this week how much do you think this coaching staff misses Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze from that meeting room and those planning sessions uh, and instead having to use essentially two offensive line coaches to help LaFleur plan the offense now? Yeah, that's really hard to say, right? Like you can point to the fact that there has been a change and that the offense is significantly less effective and say, yeah, that's probably a contributing factor. And to some degree, it probably is, even if Adam Senevich is going to grow into that role and Luke Getze, or Luke Getze, uh, Luke Bustiev is going to grow into the role as the primary offensive line coach. You know, the change probably matters. These are different people running different rooms. But I don't really know that it's purely a scheme problem. That's something Aaron Rodgers spoke to after the Jets game. The scheme has not been the issue in his eyes. It's been the execution. He's probably right. The thing I would point to is that I think the biggest execution problem individually is probably him. And I think that's where this conversation needs to go because it's not just that Rodgers has a sore thumb. It's not that he's missed a lot of throws that he normally made so that he's working with a different group of receivers. He's making different decisions. And if that continues, this Packers offense is probably not going to get on track at any point in the near future. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus says Aaron Rodgers has 37 attempts targeted 15-plus yards downfield this season. Only five have been to receivers charted as open. That is dead last in the NFL. So isn't that more scheme than anything else? It's scheme and it's choices that the defenses are making the quarterback make. And these things work in tandem. So let's just look at the Jets game, for example. Aaron Rodgers threw that pass down the boundary, deep down the boundary to Aaron Jones. Jones catches it, albeit out of bounds. That play is obviously not a target to a wide receiver. If you look at the other side of that play, you have Romeo Dobbs running a very similar route down the other boundary. Obviously, Rodgers is choosing to go to Jones over Dobbs. And I think a lot of people will assume that choice was made because, you know, he's played with Aaron Jones since 2017. They have a lot of familiarity. Jones is a more established player. And maybe that plays a factor in it. But the real thing that I think pushed that decision is the one deep safety is playing two Dobbs inside. So are you going to throw to Dobbs when there's time for the safety to collapse on the ball? Or are you going to throw to Jones, who's basically single covered the whole way? In that situation, virtually every quarterback is going to choose Jones. And you see a lot of situations like that when the Packers are running things vertically and they're seeing single high safety. Again, they're seeing a lot more of it now than they have at any other point in the Aaron Rodgers era. A lot of that attention is gravitating to the receivers naturally, and that is pushing Rodgers to throw to Aaron Jones down the seam or Robert Tunyon down the seam and those things. That's not necessarily bad, but 
it does speak to some of the issues here that the Packers cannot force the defense to give them better looks for those wide receivers. And again, part of that is this game. A lot of that, though, is Rodgers, the execution of the right side of that offensive line. So all these things work in tandem. The Packers have more than one problem with which they need to contend at the moment. You know, the other part of this whole thing is when you talk about that right side of that offensive line, uh, even Runyon uh, looked bad on one play that I saw that I think Andy Herman uh, tweeted out. So, I mean, not everybody played all that well. Clearly, uh, Royce Newman does not belong on on the field. He's not one of their best five linemen. He just can't be at this point. So what's the solution? Is the solution Elton Jenkins goes back to left guard, Runyon slides over to right guard like we've seen in the past? Do you just not touch Runyon at left guard because he'd played so well up until this last game and make Elton Jenkins play right guard and Yash goes to right tackle? If you were doing this, what would you want to see? I don't see there being value in bringing Jenkins from the right side of the offensive line to the left side. He's certainly capable of playing at right guard as opposed to left guard. Running has really settled into that spot. Prior to week six, or prior to week seven, excuse me, Runyon had not given up a single pressure as measured by pro football focus. And the play really matches that up. Like we've seen Runyon be a rock solid pass blocker this season. And, you know, he did give up a pressure against the Jets. That was bound to happen eventually. But he's still having a spectacular season. I see no reason to move him. Now with Runyon, or with, excuse me, with, with Elton Jenkins, Moving him from right tackle to right guard is a pretty easy transition. We know that he can play multiple positions. He's currently accustomed to the right side of the line, so that's going to be the easiest switch. And that opens up that right tackle spot for Yash Nyman, who the coaches have alluded to, even if they haven't confirmed, has practiced a lot more right tackle than the media and those of us on the outside know, in which case you look at Yash Nyman, he's played at a starting caliber level the entire season. And, you know, we've written about this at the leap. He's not just playing well for someone who is, you know, the number three choice at left tackle most seasons. He's just one of the better offensive tackles in the league right now. I mean, if he's not a superstar, put him at right tackle, let him settle in, move Jenkins to guard, where he's been so effective for most of his career. And it doesn't fix everything, but it really solidifies the right side of the offensive line. And it's not just opening up things in the passing game because the pass protection should be better there. That's opening up things in the run. We know the Packers have run a lot of pin-pull this season. A lot easier to do that when one of those pulling guards is someone like Elton Jenkins. So I I think it creates a lot of advantages, not just in pass protection, not just in the passing game. And Newman goes from being the worst starter on a talented but inconsistent offensive line to someone who can back up multiple spots. We know that he can play at right tackle. We know that he can play guard, even if he's not great at either spot. So I think overall the Packers improve the performance of their starters. They essentially create useful depth as opposed to what they have right now with Yash Nyman just saying the sidelines unusable. I, I think that's the way that they ultimately go. I just don't know when they do it. Was last year a career year for Devondre Campbell at the end of the day? I mean, was that as good as it gets? And we may not see that again. Uh, you guys talked about it in your Leap newsletter, I know, as far as his struggles. Yeah, and that was probably going to be the case no matter what. I, I don't think the Packers are surprised that ended up being, at least we think, the best year that Devondre Campbell is going to have. The issue is not that Devondre Campbell isn't going to always play at an all-pro level. He's playing so much further below that at the moment, and that's the concern. Some of this is on him. He is missing tackles at an incredibly high rate. I'm I'm paraphrasing the number I saw here, but I think it was he missed something like six tackles all of last season. He's already up to something like nine now through the Jets game. That obviously significantly more frequent missed tackle rates. 
has a problem. And part of this, I think, is because they're asking him to do certain things that he wasn't asked to do last year. And part of that has to do with working right next to a rookie linebacker. And that's created a lot of problems in both pass protection or, or pass rush and the run game. Quay Walker is incredibly physically gifted, but in some ways that works against him because inexperienced players are more easily fooled on defense. Opposing offenses are having a really easy time confusing Quay Walker. We saw him run his way out of making plays multiple times against the Jets, and we've seen that multiple times over the early parts of the season. Well, Devontae Campbell oftentimes has to basically overcome that or cover up for what Quay Walker is doing. Now, that's not going to be an issue all season, you think. The longer Quay Walker plays, the more he's going to learn, the fewer mistakes that he's going to make. But that's just a problem right now. You know, Campbell, even if he was going to be only, let's just say, 90% of what he was last year under the same circumstances, is not able to be even that if he's covering up for mistakes that his teammates are making. So what's what's the solution then? You pull Quay Walker off the field and put Chris Barnes on the field to help make the middle of that defense better? Or are you willing to sacrifice and just gut it out his rookie year and, you know, take the lumps that go with it? I think you kind of have to play it down the middle between making sure that Quay Walker is still getting opportunities to play and to learn because even if he didn't do it a ton against the Jets, he is still making plays on occasion. He's had some good games too, mixed in with the bad. I think part of it is also in key downs, you know, those, those third and medium and longs where the Packers have not been nearly as good in 2022 as they were last season. I think those are situations where maybe you have to take Walker off the field and bring in another safety. You know, they had to do this in a certain sense against Tampa Bay, where Rudy Ford replaced Adrian Amos. And Ford played pretty well. You know, it's confusing him for a star. Yeah. But if you bring him in to Amos' spot and move Amos down toward the line of scrimmage, essentially replacing Quay Walker, you know, it doesn't fix all your problems again, but this probably mitigates some of them and it frees Campbell to do more things. We know that he can still make plays. It's not like he lost a step between now and last season. Obviously, he made the game-sealing play you know, just, what was it, like three weeks ago? Like He is still a playmaking linebacker, but they have to put him in the best position possible to make those plays right now because of all the issues around him. He's not able to do that. He is Jason B. Hirshhorn. Follow him on Twitter at buy underscore JBH, award-winning NFL and college football writer for SB Nation. Of course, co-founder of the Leap Newsletter, a Packer newsletter. Subscribe for that. Uh, subscribe to that, I should say, today. Jason, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Anytime, Sparky. There he is, Jason Hirshhorn. Again, follow him on Twitter at buy underscore JBH. Also, don't forget, Kurt and Long, a brand new podcast with Ryan Horvath and myself. Start looking for that. The first episode uh, will be released on Wednesday afternoon. First episode released on Wednesday afternoon. Curd and Long will do it three times a week. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. First one on Wednesday afternoon. We'll drop it. Have a good one, y'all. Toodles! You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.